this week we're gonna talk OU BYU with a special guest, a big BYU fan, and somebody that's been holding it down for the Big 12 Mafia. That's, that's, that's his name. So we're gonna dive into that, talking to OU BYU. We're gonna talk about the Big 12 itself and some of the things that's going on with that recent tiebreaker change and how a lot of y'all have been like hitting me up with uh, a lot of upsetness. But besides that, let's bring on the special guest on here. What is going on? Tell the people who you are, where to find you. Let's get excited. Jay, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. I absolutely love it. I've watched it many times. And uh, Oklahoma Sooners, there's a lot of you guys. Jason Watkins is another one that I absolutely love. <laughs> you guys are awesome. And uh, I'm going to miss you be not being in the Big 12 next year. But, man, we're going to keep doing these shows going forward. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. My name is actually my name's Nathan Brown, but I go by Bomber. And uh, on YouTube, I have a, uh, a YouTube show called Big 12 Mafia. Just look up Big 12 Mafia on YouTube. You'll find it. Or you can find me on Twitter at, at B12Mafia. So the letter B12Mafia. And uh, we're really engaged. We, we talk about realignment. We do new stuff. Last night, I, in, I interviewed uh, Bob Thompson. Uh, who is a big realignment guy. He's been involved from all this last year of realignment stuff. I've involved, I've uh, interviewed like uh, Jim Williams. So I, I try nice. to get newsmakers on, you know, people that really, their opinions matter. Greg Rubel came on. He was the voice of the Cougars. He came on last week. So yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I know. Thank you for coming on with us. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. Of course, the game we'll start off with. We got the game this weekend. We got Oklahoma right. taking on BYU out there at Provo. Our third meeting ever right. and our first time ever meeting in a home scenario. The last two times we did meet, they were neutral site games. Right. And, of course, Sooner fans remember the latest one that we had. Oh, was that 08? At Jerry's World. Yeah. The uh, opening of it, I was there watching Sam Bradford lay on the ground four plays into the game, and BYU came out victorious. So, right. But now we're in the same conference for like, you know, three more (laughs) weeks, technically. A cup of of coffee. Yeah. Or a cup of coffee, which I, I hate that. You all won't get the opportunity for head and head and head. You won't get to come back to the to the home game right here in right. Norman. But um, I've heard rumors that conversations have been out there about you know doing a future type deal. So, oh good, we'll see what it looks like. I'm hoping something else come to fruition. It's actually one place I want to travel to. I didn't get a chance to this year, unfortunately. But it'd be nice to have you all pull up here in uh norman so i always to wanted to go i've always wanted to go to norman i i grew up in the 70s and 80s and it was all oklahoma all, no, yeah. all nebraska and and texas not so much and it was a lot of fun watching those ou t- uh, nebraska games uh, every year they seem to be titanic and i i i wish we were doing that again right but nebraska's gone and now you're gone and so i'll pray to the gods of realignment that maybe we can get a home and home with with you guys i'd love to come to Soonerland. Oh yeah, we we love to have you as well. I've I've interacted with BYU friends uh, a few times, and y'all have all been great. I actually, work with a couple folks that graduated from BYU. So, oh great, I I hear about the Cougars quite often. But let's talk about your team this year, right? Oh, uh, Slavis is uh, Kenneth Slavis, starting quarterback, has been down, and it appears that he's still working his way back to 100. percent And I'm guessing the rumor is with your OC is that if he ain't 100, percent he ain't playing. Which right. I totally understand. There's no reason to put him out there 
and uh, a plague and not feeling healthy. And I know that right now health is something attrition is kicking y'all's butt right now. Right. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That yeah. It, we're at that point of the year, either you're healthy or yeah. you're losing to attrition. You be the attrition or you're losing to attrition. And so right. right now you guys are dealing on the backside of it. So talk to us about BYU, what things look like health wise and, and quarterback play. How, how do you feel about what's going on with the team? So, Jay, you hit, hit the nail on the head, and we knew about it going into the season, but I think a lot of BYU fans had had blue goggles on thinking that their one and two deep at positions was going to last in a league that you had got to be three or four deep in. And that obviously is caught up with BYU. There's nothing that we could have done about it. Coming from independence, didn't have the money to really generate uh, these huge coaching staffs and recruiting and all these things. So we're doing the best with what we can. Five wins it is not horrible. Um, but trying to get a, a, a bowl eligible win over Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is going to be extremely tough. As far as the team goes, Slovis, I'm hearing rumors that maybe he is basically 100%, but they're going to go with Jake Retzlaff, who, who's the, the junior college guy who has had moments that he looks good, but then last week Iowa State just took him apart. And, and there's concerns, at least in my mind, why we don't go to some of the the deeper quarterbacks. We have one that is from Springville, just south of Provo here in Utah that, and I can't place his name. I could look it up, but he's, he's, he was really great high school player, uh, a four-star that went to BYU. Why isn't he playing? I don't understand why we don't give, you know, some of these other players a chance. So it's not like I'm out calling for heads or anything like that, but that's, that's probably the biggest uh, at this point, disappointing thing is let's start looking to the future. You know, whether we get bowl eligible or not, I guess that shouldn't be the end of the day. The end of the day is let's build the team so that we can run in the next two or three years. No, I totally get you with that. <clears throat> You're talking about Ryder Burton, who's right. uh, the quarterback that came out of uh, uh, Springville, yes. Utah. So, yeah, you got some capable quarterbacks, but right now you're playing, who is this, uh, Jake uh, Redsloff? Yeah, junior? that's right. Yep. <sighs> I, I, <laughs> he didn't look too good last no. week. No, he didn't. Um, so to me, answer this question for me. What would you consider the bread and butter for what BYU is known for? Every school's got something. What is something that you guys do the best at? What do you consider the best thing about your team? It was the offensive line. It's always been the offensive line. Um, BYU's mm-hmm. perennially been in the top 20 in offensive lines in the country every year. Yeah, you'd have an odd year that wasn't that way. But uh, this year, the offensive line has really underperformed. There's no other way to put it. Uh, we got one guy who might go in the first you know, 20 picks of the, of the draft next year. But other than that, uh, it hasn't been good. And because of that, there's no time for these quarterbacks. That's why Slovis got hurt. Uh, he just wasn't able to get away from this incessant dra- or rush. So that's been the biggest challenge is the the offensive line. Uh, and on the flip side, what's really improved is the defense. I know the stats might not show up, but they've been playing on a lot of short fields. They've been in games long after they were they were uh, supposed to be. They're really, really tired. And I think when, when in the first part of the season, when we beat Arkansas, when we beat Texas Tech, you saw a team that could actually, you know, put some plays together and, and win something. But then, you you know, we, you go up to West Virginia and that was just a mugging. You know, we, every everything <laughs> but the police came out to help them that night. And Fair it's point. just been downhill since then. I think that's where that no, lack of a three and four deep is really caught up with us. Yeah, it, not having that quote-unquote competitive depth, yeah. which is our drinking game. <laughs> okay, great. 
Because that was something that was repeated over and over by Coach Brent Venables and the coaching staff of Oklahoma right. when they were talking about um, the difference between the team this year and compared to last year is if we've got depth that we haven't had, we didn't right. have last year. And honestly, what we didn't have with the last regime, we've got players that can be good enough to take a starting spot. And so you've got people that you can line up quickly. Right now, right. like I said, knock on wood, attrition's not kicking our tail. But you guys, that's something you have to work on. It's something you have to build. So, yeah. Um, but I did notice that offensive line wise, you all always have at least one like round one to three tackle or yeah. center on the team this year. Now, if I'm yeah, correct, that, your left tackle is the one that's it the, is. The, the standard starting left tackle is the one that is definitely draft bound, right? Yeah, Sua Matea is who that Gary, is. Gary, Sua Matea. I couldn't, and, I didn't want to pronounce his name. I knew you could do it for me. Perfect. <laughs> At BYU, Sua we Matea. know how to do these these Polynesian names, right? That's um, true. It's uh, it, it's definitely, he's he's a round one guy. Uh, I don't, if he falls to the second round, it'll be kind of a shock. So uh, it, it, the thing is, is he's been, uh, again, I use this term under siege. The entire offensive line has just been getting, rushed and mugged every game and it's put him on an island a lot and on that island there's usually two guys against him so it's really really tough to hold your ground in in that condition Connor Pay is a guy that has really stepped up and he's improved um, we got Paul Miali that came over from, or Miley, sorry, came over from Utah. He's played well this year, but they mm-hmm. just can't put it together and if yeah. you don't do that then you know as well as I do you can't run and any deep passing game is almost impossible because you don't have the time. No, and that's a fair point. It, it, if you don't have the time to do it, it you're, you're, you're going to have some problems. But right. um, defensive-wise, though, overall defensively, I've seen some of the defensive efficiency ratings, and some of them, they've got you in like, uh, like in the top 40 in right. some metrics. Like, yep. It's not awful. It's, yes. It seems like your defense can do, especially the linebacker spot. Talk to me about the linebackers you guys got there. Well, unfortunately, we lost one of ours. Ben Bywater was a, oh. an all-star, and he got hurt, and his shoulder he busted his shoulder up, and he's out now. Uh, and that leaves, um, you know, a, a linebacking core that has again been doing multiple tasks. They they do a lot of drop three into coverage uh, mm-hmm. with disguised blitz packages. So you'll see. Uh, five guys on the line, two will drop back, or you'll see three on the line and six will come. Uh, you'll see a little of that on Saturday, it, it, you know, if the game goes the way I think it will, um, and, and until you guys really open it up. And now all of a sudden you're in, you know, seven defensive backs because you're just, you know, torturing down the field. So it, it, that's really the core of it. If the defensive line and the linebackers can hold their ground and, and at least keep everything in front of them, I tell you what, our defensive backs are really good. And mm-hmm. they get turnovers. I think that we have 15 interceptions on the year, which three games ago we had 15 interceptions on the year. So it, it's gone down because, again, they've just been getting blitzed with these massive onslaughts of these offenses that can't seem to stop. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you all are getting turnovers is a huge deal. Right. Um, with right. the secondary. And so and I know that the defensive line has been the struggle, and that's kind of where all those design blitz packages come in. You, when you throw a lot of exotic stuff out there, it's usually to create pressure that you may not be able to get up front. We kind of do that as well uh, to an extent. Uh, but we force teams to throw the ball really fast. And I've seen that someone with you guys as well with the way that you mix up those blitz packages. 
it's getting to where quarterbacks got to get rid of that ball quick because it's hard to catch who's actually coming at you. And because you can't catch who's coming at you, you're going to get pressure that you didn't expect because depending on a stunt, depending on if three guys come on one side and over just rush two dudes, right? You start to, I started to notice that portion of y'all's defense. And so for us, for Oklahoma, the, the key thing in winning this game is, is either getting rid of the ball quick or having a solid run game. Uh, that's going to be really the biggest one. And I saw the way that you guys played against, um, who was that Texas tech? Right. Yeah, I really, uh, didn't let that man throw that ball in that game. No, we had a good game <laughs> against Texas tech. And then they turned around and went and beat TCU who boat raced us the week before. I mean, it's been just one of those years. If we right. got to six, I, I think I told you this before. I looked at the schedule in, when was it, April or, yeah. or March when it came out. And I called, this was before you and I had met, I called Jason Watkins and I'm like, you're coming to Provo in November. Just just put a circle around that one. It, you guys could be undefeated and I would still hedge your bet uh, coming in there for a game. Now, obviously, you guys have been nicked a couple times, which really surprised me, by the way. Um, Same, but, but, like me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. Uh, you know the the Oklahoma State. We don't have to get off track. Sorry, I could do that all day. You're good. You're good. Um, but I'm saying uh, that that game I think was really important because you have to come here. You're at elevation, um, and you, it's going to be a really early game, and, and the and the track's going to be wet. So we'll have to see how the how the game turns out because uh, it, it's not going to be as easy as I think some people are thinking. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a challenge for us because you all have always been a physical team. Utah and BYU have always been teams that have been right. super physical and defenses travel, run games travel and you guys are at home. So right. for you all, it's all about controlling the time of possession, controlling the line of scrimmage. And if you can get that. I think that, that that's where the opportunity comes in. Because for me, when the schedule came out, I circled this game and said, this is the game that worries me. It was for oh, two, four, one, it's November, okay. two altitude, three right. four temperatures. Yes. And you don't know what's going to happen in that game because you never know what the team looks like at right. that point. Unfortunately for y'all, the last three games have not looked favorable. <laughs> no, they have. They've been horrible. It's been bad. In fact, the last game, uh, there was this whole thing about they were wearing the wrong cleats. Yes. How how does that happen at, at this level? That's like something high schools have trouble with. They couldn't get together and decide what are the right cleats to be wearing. Uh, and that was a big blow up here. You had veterans, graduates of BYU calling the program saying, what the hell is going on? You can't even wear the right shoes. So uh, I think from that standpoint, it'll be a little bit more even the track on yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah, it's going to be all about the cleats because I know the field is where everybody was talking about the, right, uh, the field right. conditions of what's going to look like as the season progresses. It's yes. uh, it's kind of reminded of kind of like the way the field is in Ames, I've heard. You know, you probably got to wear the screw-in cleats you get, yes. in order to get real traction. That's where things are going to get a little bit on the uh, tough side. So, yes, totally exactly. understand that. Yep. I totally understand that. But at the same time, I think y'all are um, – I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, this coming year. So talk to me a little bit about that uh, that run game, man. Uh, who, who's the running back that people need to know about coming out of BYU in this game? Well, if LJ Martin's uh, hurt, it's only going to be Aiden Robbins. Ro mm -hmm. Aiden Robbins is the guy that uh, they brought in from UNLV who has played yeah. really well. Um, and, and I think he's done well since he was injured at the beginning of the season. 
Then he came on and was doing, he's done a fantastic job. If he gets the holes, I'll tell you what, he's 250 and he runs a 4-4-5. Four, four, so if he gets momentum, he will run over people. Uh, that's just, it's in him to have that, but he has to have the lane to go north-south. LJ Martin is more the guy, you, you get him on the edge and if he can turn the corner, he can go. And he did that a couple times at the beginning of the season. But more importantly, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's got two receiving touchdowns over 50 yards. I think that's the right stat. And that's because yeah. once he gets the ball in his hand, he is quick. He is absolutely lightning quick, and he'll he'll run around people. Which is a plus for you all. Getting a running game established always takes pressure off that quarterback position and depending right. on who throws the ball this game yeah. is kind of what, I guess what kind of tells the story of what BYU is going to be able to do. And of course the good thing is you all are at home, but the question is who's throwing the ball. I, I, yeah. I don't anticipate Slav is coming out there and playing, especially since it's an elbow and shoulder problem. Do you want him to play against Oklahoma? That's the, well, that's the question I would ask. <laughs> well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's up to the fans. I think it's up to him. This is his last rodeo. He's not going to play another season. So if I was him, I would be pinging on the door. You guys wanted me to come in here and play this year for you. I want in. If if I was Slovis, I would do be doing everything I can to get on the field. Because sitting on the sideline isn't going to get you any money on a Sunday. He's got to either show that he can manage a game. If he wants to play in the NFL, he has to manage a game or he has to be able to show that he has something uh, with a deep ball effectiveness or something. And, yeah. and he did that at the beginning of the season. He looked really good until he got hurt. And then the games that he lost w w before we even knew about it, it did not look good. Arkansas was fantastic. Uh, uh, it, you know, Cincinnati was fantastic. And then we don't even know we lose games. Don't know that he's been hurt for three weeks. So if I was slow yeah, aside, we wanted to do it. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Roderick, the, the OC said it'll probably be, well, Jake Retzoff. But who knows? Like I said, I'd rather have Ryder Burton. Let's go out and just ride or die. Yeah, you know, and I agree. Go ahead and start playing the young players. Yeah. Start prepping yourself for next season if you feel like they're the ones you need to play. And, and as you said, I, I think I think Ryder is probably your best bet. Get right. him some experience. Uh, teach him how to get rid of the ball fast. Break some standard tendencies he may have had as a young player. Right. And like I said, get rid of that thing so that, like I said, as you go into the next season, the Big 12 is going to be, to me, wide open. So right. the opportunity there is to for is really there for you all. So let's jump into that. Jump into the Big Twelve itself. Because I think, like I said, OU BYU is gonna be a fun game. Right. I'll be tuned in or whatnot and hope you enjoy being out there actually at the field. But the Big Twelve itself, man, they made this change to their rules, which I thought was fascinating. They said they didn't make a change, but right. instead they did a clarification, which involved them adding sentences to their rule book, which essentially is a change, right? It's not a change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's they technically said, they said a change. It was an interpretation. They, right. they, they said it was unclear. So they were trying to clarify it and make the interpretation easier to understand. That's their excuse. Of course, you're right. A change is it's a, it is a change, and it's nonsense. And they're doing it to try to screw Texas and Oklahoma. It's obvious, and I just I don't like it. I, I think this they just let you guys go out on the on the high note. I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. You know the right. I know these older schools they they carry grudges, and maybe Oklahoma State probably has the one that has any weight. But at the end of the day, you're going to be gone. So who cares? 
who wins a particular championship. I don't see why it matters. Exactly. And I think the one thing that 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 upset me with it when I looked at it is like, yeah, of course, Oklahoma could be 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 affected by this. But honestly, Kansas State's the one that's potentially going to lose out the most. Right. Four way tie. I mean, three way tie in a lot of capacities. They're the ones that's going to get bumped out. And it's like. But why? Like, yeah, the, I, I don't get, get it. Opportunity to, to to win, to go to the to the Big 12 championship. If I. Uh, with, with, because of the original rule, if everybody didn't play each other, they had to take out the round robin part because you got fourteen teams. You don't have That's nine right. like you eight like ten like you used to, where you would yeah. play nine, right? Yes. You can't do that. Yeah, they can't do well, that. So, but now with the fourteen teams, since you're not going to play thirteen conference games, you have to make that change. And it just to me, it's adding a sentence is a change. You know, right? And just just should have made it clear from the beginning right that should have been the rule from day one but whomever read this the lawyers that went through this i don't understand how you missed it that was the thing that bothered me well and this is where and this will be a little bit in realignment land but this is Mm -hmm. where the idea that each conference has its own tournament so each conference has a semifinal, the four top teams to play to get to the championship game i think that's coming and and i think it's coming because money is involved. The more of those playoff games they add, it's more cha-ching to the conference. And the the Big 12 is desperate for money. They just leveraged with uh, WWE uh, to get you know some naming rights and some other partnerships. They uh, football with 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 uh, funny wrestling. Uh, okay, that's kind of cool, but is that natural? So, I mean, if you're really trying to drum up money, be the first conference with stake in the ground, say, we're going to do a four-team playoff for the championship game, and then whoever wins that game will be the auto bid to the playoffs. But what it also does is it makes the other three teams that don't make the auto bid more attractive because they play more games, and they can look better to the people who are going to be filling out those, those roster spots, those seven open slots that we're eventually going to end up with. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And all the money that can be made from playing these playoff games, man, it's it's oh, it it's be crazy huge. money, it's crazy money because people are going to watch it. It's football. It's more football. Yes. It's more college football. And unfortunately yep. for the kids, they're playing more football, which is very detrimental to the body. <laughs> right, but I don't care because I'm a consumer and I just want to watch the gladiators right. go out there and beat the hell out of each other. Right, that's what we're paying for. At exactly. the end of the day, we're we're paying for entertainment like gladiators in Rome. So as long as everybody's honest with themselves, that's what we're watching. You see all these head traumas yeah. and CTE and legs getting twisted in half. You know, Cam Rising sacrificing his body for two seasons in a row and then possibly losing his chance to be drafted in the NFL. This is more ways we can generate revenue to pay the players, to give them a reason to keep doing this because it, it's getting yeah. it's getting harder and harder to justify. Uh, Bomber, let the people know where to find you. And what about all your great, not only Big 12 content, but BYU content and uh, conference realignment content? Because that's that's a lot of stuff of y'all's I've watched. Uh, so, uh, again, at B12Mafia on Twitter. Uh, we also have The Holy Rivals, at The Holy Rivals on uh, Twitter. Both of those we do. The Holy Rivals is BYU-Utah stuff. Um, but Big 12 Mafia is really realignment, uh, big news. We covered the University of Michigan stuff that's going on, all the lawsuits about paying players, all that stuff we cover on Big 12 Mafia. And you will find that on YouTube. Uh, just 
search Big 12 Mafia. It'll, it'll pop up at the top. And, uh, yeah, come over and watch. We have a fun time over there. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, and I'm excited about um, I'm excited about the Holy War coming back. Right. Yeah, that you're both in the same conference. Oh, it's going to yeah. be so much fun. Big 12 was smart for getting Utah, well, begging Utah to come. I agree. Because Utah didn't initially want to, but it made sense. Now you yeah. have this game that will happen every year that will be watched by a lot of people because not only is it a historical rivalry, both of y'all are going to start making down in that comeback. So we we hate each other. It's the yes. easiest way to say it. You know, you have you have some religious people here that really do not like uh, their opponents in this state. Exactly. Utah, so it's beautiful, and I love to see that you know a rivalry be reborn. And right. Everybody yeah. fight over it. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. I do too very much. Jay, we're going to have to have you on my show soon. I, yes. I haven't done that yet. That's just, we've been so busy, right? Both of us, but we'll get that done as we go into December and stuff. We'll get together and we can, we can talk some other things. So.